0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: Cork's Red FM
2: Oh lads, oh lads, oh lads, oh lads It's tough <laughs> being a Cork man in here facing a Kerry woman if, if you could see the smile on Katie Jane Cronin's face here Would now, you looking blame at me. me?
3: After last
2: year's What happened family? last year?
4: You took the absolute biscuit so you did and I it did, wasn't very nice I... and now it's my turn and fully deserved and the it last is did him. it for me I don't have to say
2: anything 22 points Kerry have beaten Cork by today in the Munster football final town in Killarney 422 to 19 was how it finished a huge win for the Kingdom we're going to talk to former Corks Paul Kerrigan about that in just a little bit going to get reaction from Killarney as well but yeah it's uh, going to be <laughs> a sombre big red bench this evening my name is Hagan here on 7pm right here on Corks Red Yeah, big win for the uh, Kingdom today. Four twenty-two to one. Nine was how it finished at Fitzgerald Stadium. Paul Ganey finding the back of the net twice. The Kingdom Sean O'Shea, Brina Begley, also scoring goals uh, in a fantastic performance by Kerry Cork. Uh, poor. Um, for most of the game, bar a very bright and lively start. We'll get more on that in a second. As I mentioned, reaction to come from Fitzgerald Stadium. Paul Kerrigan's going to join us on the phone in a bit. And we've got a report as well from our man Dahi Boland, who was there. So that's going to come up in just a little bit. Elsewhere, Mayo, the Connacht Senior Football Champions for a second successive year. They turned in an incredible second half performance. Stevie Galway on a scoreline of two fourteen to 2-8 at Crowe Park today Ryan O'Donoghue finding the back of the net uh, from the penalty spot Matthew Ruan scored a goal too as well late on in Camoggi Tipperary beating Limerick 220-111 to 111 in Group 1 of the All-Ireland Senior Camogie Championship earlier on today elsewhere in the Red FM Hurling League uh, Division 1 uh, uh, League 1 I should say semi-final Sarsfields have beaten Sinfimbras 326-11 Middleton have beaten BlackRock Rock 420-414 there are three Cork sides in FAI Cup action today Cork City are in action at the moment they are taking on Sligo Rovers uh, into the second half there the second half just about to kick off uh, their level at a goal apiece Romeo Parks put the uh, Rovers up after 13 minutes Ben O'Brien Whitmarsh uh, with the goal for City uh, just on the half hour mark so uh, still plenty to come there from the showgrounds elsewhere Cove Ramblers safely into the hat for the second round There, it's a 2 win away to Liffey Wanderers after extra time Bohemians though getting the better of College Corinthians today on a scoreline of five goals to you- nil. No. At the Olympics, and uh, Dublin boxer Emmett Brennan putting in a fantastic performance today, but it wasn't enough against the much fancied Dilshad Uzmatov of Uzbekistan in the last 32 of the light heavyweight division today. The Uzbek fighter winning on a unanimous decision in the pools where Mona Makshari qualifying for the semi finals in the women's 100 metre breaststroke after she finished third in her heat just before midday today. Disappointment, though, for Daniel Hill in the 100 metre backstroke earlier today as she failed to advance elsewhere. Cork City, the post winning her women's single skulls quarterfinals into the semi-finals the lightweight double pair of IFA Casey Max Kremen reaching the last four with a third place finish in their heat also into the final four in their category Monika Drakarska and Aileen Crowley who finish in the top three in the pairs events. meanwhile on the men's side Philip Doyle and Ronan Burman switched focus to the B final after finishing sixth in their doubles semi-final basketball as well the USA men's team losing a, g- a game at the Olympics for the first time since 2004 as they were beaten 83-76 by France and golfers John Ram of Spain and the American Bryson DeChambeau have both withdrawn from the games after positive COVID tests and we are going to start with what happened down in Killarney and Armand man Dahi Boland was at a Fitzgerald Stadium time here in Killarney and Kerry have beaten Cork 422 to 19 in the Munster football final. A second half that was one way traffic with
3: the Kingdom outscoring Cork 310 to 2 points second half goals from Sean O'Shea and 2 from Paul Paul Ganey in the space of 10 minutes. Killed this game off for Kerry. They now advance to the All-Ireland
2: semi-final where they wait for the winners of Tyrone and Monaghan. Full time here in the Munster football final it was 4-22 to Kerry 1-9 for Cork 22 point win for the Rebels for more on it I am joined by uh, former Cork star uh, Paul Kerrigan who is in Killarney Uh, Paul first off uh, thanks very much for uh, talking to us but look it was just the case Paul I suppose of Kerry being far far too strong for Cork today
5: yeah, uh, absolutely killer. I suppose um, after such a promising early start in opening quarter, like in I don't know, we only scored four points maybe in the last three quarters, and uh, I think it was maybe three ten Kerry scored or something less. Like so it's usually uh, disappointing. Do you know what I mean? After such a good start, you could see the lads were, were well up for it. Mid. So it's Kerry's quality shone through, and we probably no
2: answer for it. Yeah, that's the way it was. I mean, Kerry just they kept coming and coming and coming. You could see the cork heads drop uh, almost by half time, going in at five points down.
5: Yeah, like so, 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 so. To win at least Not let half-time was very disappointing You know, it was kind of interesting uh, Like in that second quarter Sean O'Shea Had kind a of big time kicked A couple of points Tom Sullivan The cornerback Who had four on his back kind of Was up around the right half-forward Right corner-forward position And kicked two points You know, on that right-hand side Of the of the pitch That's into the oceans of space Kind of And uh, that's sort where of the ugly league goal Came from as well so to win that much down at halftime was, was fairly uh, killer for the lads. I think Cork had maybe three single point overs towards the end of the first half and um, Kerry scored every single one of them. They were down five, you know, so um, it was it was hugely disappointing after such a promising first quarter.
2: Yeah, and then second half comes in and Kerry just relentless again, not taking the pressure off Cork and just making sure Cork had to work 110% every play and just Cork just didn't have any answer to it.
5: Yeah, like it was very noticeable down here, like the the Kerry press and the kick-out, kick like they left two Cork forwards completely free, they left two Hurley's completely free and the corner back and the and the keeper were right up on the Kerry 45 and everyone pushed up and that meant Cork were under right pressure, couldn't go short and every time Kerry broke the ball they seemed to have more numbers than Cork and they just couldn't figure it out. And it was the same in the second half when Mark Whig came in goal who was probably a longer kick-out push. And it just made probably David Moore look like a bit of a superstar in the second half as he, he, he kind of likes the ball down on top of him. And um, unfortunately, like, you know, they, they just had numbers around the break and they could play the way they wanted to play then and pick off scores as Cork with the bodies to, to the attack. Like, so, um, that, the third, the, the goal um, after half time was killer because Powder made a great run up the field. And uh, we got turned over and Sean O'Shea actually stayed up the field, uh, didn't track poker, and the ball broke, broken and he was the one who received it and, and they got a goal out of it. So uh, I think it was the gainy goal was a of a killer for Cork at as well as the start of the second half.
2: Yeah, not too many bright spots on a, in a 22-point defeat, but Sean Meehan and the job he did uh, today, he was probably Cork's best player today and uh, worked very, very, very hard.
5: Yeah, he was he was in front of us for the second half. He was absolutely outstanding. Like he literally didn't give David Clifford a kick. I think uh, he ended up going on Tommy Walsh at the very end and that's when Clifford got a score a couple of shots. Like he literally didn't give him a kick, he was he backed up last season, uh, and he was like in the half back line last season, full back line this season he was he was unbelievable impressive. and fair. obviously Brian Hurley had a very good start. Uh, Brian Hart, as I thought, plugged away around the middle of it and kept trying to get on the ball. And Kevin Donovan actually started on Body Clifford and kept him really quiet. Cool. And then they had to move things around a bit, uh, and he kind of started to open up with them, but hundred percent like Sean Bean, never mind Cork Smith there, he was one of the best players on the field, do you know what I mean? Even better well be.
2: Um, Cork losing Mihal Martin as well at half time with a shoulder injury didn't help either.
5: No, like um I think the that was, that's been niggling him before, hopefully it's nothing serious, but um that's obviously usually disruptive. Um uh he'd be probably a better shorter kicker, maybe to give you that option, but Mark White would have a very long a long, a long kick and look it was quite obvious when he came in the second half we we're, were trying to go long with the goal up there, but like unfortunately we just couldn't get primary possession and breaks so from the middle um, we probably Dean McGuire and, and Rory Dean are usually our top performers and they struggled a little bit uh, with, with the numbers around there and they put them under huge fresh fairness so look um, yeah it's, it's fine to do the all half time mm.
2: How much of a motivating factor for Kerry was it that Cork win last uh, December in, in Porky Cueve and uh, how much of a motivating factor was that for Kerry just thinking about that for the last seven months and waiting to get the revenge on Cork?
5: Yeah, I suppose they would have never got criticism like they would ever had after last year and um, like it would have been huge I know they would probably say motivation but Cannot lose the record of Cork and Clare, it would be anyway, huge motivation enough for them. And as well as us, beating Nash would have put an extra, extra on that, and they would have huge criticism, of nothing like it. Do you know what I mean? And uh, look, they answered this. They, they've given they've the farm team throughout the league and championship. now you know, so like they've been fairly unstoppable, um, and maybe the first half against the Dubs in the league, and they're getting better and better. So look, um, they, they'll fancy it whenever when they move up to Croke Park next. Look, they're they're probably the team to beat on form,
2: really. Yeah, and I suppose uh, Dublin, I suppose, uh, are in their sights in the All Ireland final. But uh, if they get that far, but do you think they can go all the way this year, Paul?
5: Yeah, I think so. I think like they're probably on form, the form team. Um, obviously, when when Dublin probably will probably win the Leinster next week, and they're probably a bit of a different animal when they get to this stage and and the uh, the last uh, two big games in championship. But I do, I do think, I think from look out where they've come from, I, I think they'll probably win it.
2: And Paul, for yourself today in the stands at Fitzgerald Stadium, how was that view, um, I suppose, not being out there playing? I suppose we're glad you weren't out there at the end, but how was it watching a Munster final as opposed to not being part of it?
5: Yeah, it's tough. Like, I feel like you like, obviously wouldn't like to uh, kick them while well they're down. Like, they put massive effort into obviously. I, I know they would put a huge effort into it. Probably had a couple of bad meetings down there, but maybe not on that level of scoreline, unfortunately. Uh, so I did feel for it was tough top first experience, I think, it's my first time being a fan down there since about 2006 and six or in and seven. And look, hopefully, look, it won't get worse than that. And hopefully, will pop up. Look, there's a few good underage teams coming, so there is players there. So, look, uh, hopefully, like it'll take a while, maybe, but then um, we will get back to where, where we should be.
2: Excellent. All right, Paul, thanks for talking to us today. All right, thank you, thank you, Paul. That's Paul Kerrigan uh, speaking to me uh, from Killarney after. Uh Cork's defeat to Kerry today and uh, we'll hear more from uh, the Cork and Kerry camps uh, towards the end of the show once we get uh, the interviews back from Fitzgerald Stadium uh, going to hear now from uh, Cork uh, hurling manager Kieran Kingston uh, a great win over Clare yesterday thrilling game in the All-Ireland hurling qualifiers absolutely sensational stuff and save from Pat Collins at the end absolutely magic uh, not to mention Jamie Herndy's pass uh, for the goal which belongs in the museum was absolutely fantastic stuff but Cork into the All-Ireland hurling Qualifier draw tomorrow and uh, this is uh, Kieran Kingston speaking after last night's win Feeling is relief in,
6: initially um, because we be, obviously are going to be 50-50 at best uh, as I said there we didn't know how our lads would react to the three weeks off uh, would that be disadvantage versus a team that had f- super momentum over the last three games in the championship playing really really well um, so we weren't sure if the freshness would be would be better than the, than the games and so as it turned out it was kind of a balance it was kind of 50-50 but a clear super team yeah, we've seen that in the three championship games that they played probably should have won the three of them uh, played with huge honesty huge character huge integrity huge work rate and asked an awful lot of questions of us today
7: right down to the very last second of the game Goals, when win when games. You're into double digits now for this uh, this year already. That is cl- clearly a strategy, high risk but high reward as well. How do you balance that? Well, that's the challenge. That's a huge challenge, especially when you're
6: revolving that, that that system. Because there are times to pop it, and there are times to give it. And then if you don't give, if you if you give it, And it doesn't work out. If you give it and it doesn't work out then uh, you should have popped it. So the, the balance, isn't the balance. you won't always get it right, but when you do get it right, as you said, there's a high reward. And we're just trying to evolve the lads into a situation where if it's not on, it's not on.
7: If it's on, give it, you know. Yeah. There's a lot of turnover ball from both sides in the first half. Was that down to that strategy or was it down to a bit of, you know, lacking match fitness coming into this?
6: Well, I think, I mean, we showed, we were, we were sharp at times and we showed some naivety at times as well on the ball and get turned over and I suppose I think we were lacking you could see that bit of lacking match match practice okay we do a bit in, in, in house
7: but it's not the same as what that will give you there You know. and you know a lot of strength and depth coming off the bench Shane Barr came off scored 1-1 one, one or 1-2 one, in that game how much confidence does that give you that you know if the game's not going your way or if the likes of this game where you know Claire might have been on top for a couple of minutes a couple of subs come on change the game all altogether
6: yeah I mean just like in this heat it's a 20 man game we, we, we get guys to take us to 45, 50 minutes and then we would try and have guys to bring us home and those guys are young a Lado, lot of those guys are very very young they're under 20 they show great character in the under 20 championship last year we need to all there a few weeks ago and they're great guys and it's just a matter of integrating them in a way that you're not setting them back you're revolving and you're creating those guys into cock hurlers for the next decade and we trusted them we trusted the panel we always knew that we were going to need legs coming down the stretch here uh, and like, you're trying to balance that with experience like you have Seamus Harney off the field, and Kadegan off the field, Damien Callaghan rule with a pin to side his own, Kadegan rule load injured so like coming down there like you're a bit concerned as well like you're you've only one player Patrick Hargan over 24 I think and that's a challenge then you know coming especially against an experienced team like Clare Laddham have all the medals
7: Now going forward it's an open draw, it doesn't matter to you who you get? I mean, look, it's
6: all going to be hard. We know that. No matter who we get, it's going to be a massive, massive game. Um, It's going to be a huge, huge challenge again to get back up after this. Um, We take, we, we need to recover from this. Number one, number two. Um, see what the draw throws out to us on, on, on Monday morning and then start preparing for that and get our own lads ready for that because whoever it is we know it's going to be as tough a game today or maybe even tougher
2: yeah, It's Ken Kingston there speaking after our last night's win against Clare in the All-Ireland Hurling the qualifiers going to hear from the Clare boss Brian Lohan
7: uh, also speaking to him Brian it's another year done and you're out of the All-Ireland Hurling Championship uh, how disappointed are you about that?
0: Look I, th- I thought that we were in good shape to um, to get over this game you know, we we put everything into it to try and get over it, but you know, the quality is pretty good. Like you know, the the, the you know Cork are a good team, um, and um, some exceptional players all over the field. Um, so yes, yeah, disappointing, but you know it was always going to be tough to to beat those guys because they're good.
7: Yeah, it came down to a the ball in the end Tony Kelly had a good goal chance there I suppose there's no consolation whether you lose this game by two points or six points is it?
0: Yeah, well look I suppose uh, you know they, um, there wasn't a huge amount in it um, at the end um, but uh, you know we just we didn't get over the line
7: there was a lot of talk going into this game, and there's been a lot of talk all the whole championship. But it seemed that you did well to, you know, keep it all out, keep it all, all in field, and get up for every game. Did, did this? Did the talk going into this game that was outside of the outside of the field? Did that affect the performance at all?
0: No, I don't think it did. No, um, uh, we've got a great bunch of guys like that um, have been working very hard. Um, did great work in the gym and uh, did great work during the um, the winter and uh, carried that on on the field. Um, no, I think we had a, a reasonable lockdown. Like they worked very hard, um, and the backroom team worked very hard as well. So, no, I that didn't didn't seem to affect the players anyway.
7: One of the, uh, suppose, narratives coming into this game was Tony Kelly and can Cork stop him? One thirteen from this game. In the last game, you had a load of different scores. I think it was 10 scores you had against Wexford. Is that what the next thing is now for Clare Hurland is sort of progressing past the reliance on Tony Kelly to sort of get as many points as possible?
0: Yeah, I suppose it is, yeah. The, um, look, Tony is just one of those guys, like he's just an exceptional guy, um, works so hard, Um, but you know Tony sets the tone inside in in our group like inside you know we we introduced a number of young guys into the panel this year and you know all they have to do is just you know look along the line and look at Tony and look at how he runs and look at how he trains and look at how he's there early and there late and you know just just an exceptional guy and um, you know I suppose you know it isn't really to to um, to you know, he's always going to be exceptional because, you know, that's just what he that's what he is. That's his makeup. And he's been exceptional since he was 14 years of age, even 11 years of age. You know, so, um, yeah, but I suppose we we, we we have to work in other areas as well. Um, we have to improve a bit more on our fitness. We have to improve a bit more on our strength, um, develop our game a bit more. Um, so, um, yeah, there's loads of work to do.
2: That's Clare Boss uh, Brian Lawan there speaking after last night's defeat of Cork and Cork going into that All-Ireland hurling qualifying draw which takes place tomorrow morning at about 8.35 i uh, just going to hear from the other game that happened today and that was uh, Mayo's win in the Connacht Senior Football Championship final as they beat Galway 2.14 to two eight. going to hear from the Mayo boss James Horan
1: James Horan congratulations you're just giving your post-match refreshments there to one of your, your sons uh, <laughs> fair play back-to-back Connacht titles how are you feeling? I'm d- delighted with that, obviously, um, and, and and the manner of the performance. I suppose we we, we um, you know we're, I think we're five five points out at half-time, and um, give away a couple of sloppy goals, and we looked at you know we just just a couple of a half half a yard off off um, a few things. Now we had a lot of possessions; it could have been a lot closer. So we weren't doing a, you know you know we weren't a million miles off at the same time, but but. Um, well, I had a chat about it at half time and, and um, we got a good start to the second half, which was, was key. And then, then we knew as the game would get on, we'd get, we'd get stronger and stronger. And um, yeah, we were delighted with how the, how the second half went.
2: Two half time substitutions, Owen McLaughlin and Kevin McLaughlin came in. You put Aidan O'Shea into the square now. You had put him there just before half time and he was unlucky. He fielded a great ball. What were the conversations like at half
0: time? Because we saw Tommy Conroy and Matthew Rowan come into the game a lot more.
1: Yeah, we, it was a bit. I suppose it was, against, it was against the wind a little bit in the first half, and it was we were slow getting the ball, and it was clogging and Galway were we getting people back, and there wasn't the space there that you that you you'd normally like. So we were playing we were playing to go his hands a little bit, but I think when Aiden went inside, it helped stretch the stretch the field a little bit. And, and uh, Kevin McLaughlin's playing brilliant football. He, he made a huge difference and uh. uh, Wounds Owen's Owen's running ability is, is is really strong, and so that that opened up a lot of things. And and I, then I, you know I think the, the the penalty and that kind of stuff and Matty, Matty coming very strong from from midfield certainly helped in and he? changed things.
2: Edinosa's role, like I know you've used him in different positions. He started quite deep in the first half,
1: and you did put him in a few times in the in the first half. Did you? Was there a time in the game when you were like, right, we need to get him in there. We need a bit more out of him. Oh yeah! Look, he, he did. He did well in the first half. Won a few great turnovers. Um, very, very strong tackler. Um, but at the start of the second half, with 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 and with the players being introduced, look, it, it, it made sense to to get him in there, and it, it brought two two goalie guys. Back there, so that created more 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 space as well. So it, it worked out well for Senegal.
2: He started the second half on fire. Did something wind them up at half time There was a bit of a
1: tussle going in at, at the yeah. Prior. I was, I, was, I didn't see it. Unfortunately, I was I was busy moving um, pieces around on a on a on a flip chart. But uh, I, I heard I heard the commotion. So I'm not sure what happened. I think it was you know fairly fairly mild stuff. So so uh, look, we we can we came out the second half, and as I said, we, we knew we weren't. Doing a huge amount wrong. We just needed to up the tempo to what we're we're comfortable at, and and look, um, it worked out well for us. Last one. How far away is Cian O'Connor from a return? Ah, oh, he's a bit a bit away yet. So so um, um, he's yeah. he's working hard in his rehab, but he's he, he's, he's quite a bit away yet.
2: Thanks, James. Yes, James Horan there, the Mailbox, speaking after today's win over Galway in the Connacht final. Cork City have gone 2-1 up on Sligo Rovers in the FAI Cup, um, which is fantastic. City were a goal down uh, after Romeo Parks had scored. Ben O'Brien Whitmarsh had equalised after 28 minutes, and now Dylan McgLade has put City ahead after 55 minutes uh, on the from the penalty spot. So it is Cork City leading by two goals to one and there is about 28 minutes there are thereabouts left in that game. Going to switch our attention to rugby, I promise we'll go back to Killarney uh, a little bit later on. But uh, reaction, uh, or sorry, we're going to talk about rugby as I should say. And uh, the Lions, fantastic win for them yesterday in the first test against South Africa, 22 points to 17 was how it finished a superb second half from Warren Gatland's side Moss Finn is going to join us on the line in just a little bit first though going to hear from Warren Gatland after yesterday's win
7: you know
6: they'll they'll be hurt from this because they're an incredibly proud nation and world champions and so next week's going to be even bigger and tougher I I would expect but from our point of view, it's, you win that first one and you know you're going to, no matter what happens, you're going to the last weekend of, of the series. So, um, you know, that, that keeps everyone engaged and, 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 and really interested. And in you know, the message to the players, it, w- it wasn't just about the 23. This is an incredibly tight group of of players that have, uh, and the non-23 did a brilliant job this week in, in helping that Test 23 prepare. You know, they'll, they'll be...
2: OK, we just heard from more Gatland Gatlin there and for more on the Lions win yesterday we are joined by our good friend Moss Finn. Moss, how are you, sir? Very good, Rory. Moss, that was a fantastic win for the Lions yesterday considering, I suppose, the the hole they were in at half-time to come back in the second half was fantastic.
3: It was literally, as the cliche goes, a game of two halves. It was, it was a, a wonderful game of rugby in the second half. The first half was quite boring and very predictable. The South Africans sort of do what the South, South Africans do best, that's route one. Tied up the, the lines, didn't allow the lines to play, got their penalties and it looked, sorry, game over at half time. But the, the mindset completely changed for the second half, whatever what Warren Gatlin said at half time, And mm. they came out a different team. What did
2: Warren Gatlin do in the second half that was different from the first?
3: Well, I, I'd say number one, he, i say he decided that they should take a few more chances to attack the ball in the air more. They hadn't won the aerial match in in the first half at all. Mm. In the second half, they dominated the air. They got a bit of the bounce of the ball, and they carried the ball more. Warren Gatlin's philosophy on rugby always has been you have to earn the right to go wide. And by that he means you've got to suck everybody in before you ever pass the ball to the wing. And if you saw at the start of the second half, they had just one-off runners coming from one passes and going straight, taking on the South Africans, at their core, and they did that for the first five or ten minutes, and set the target physically, that they weren't going to be dominated, and that they would dominate, and they dominated on the go-forward ball and they dominated in the air, and once they got that, I felt the, the phys- they had won then the physical battle, and the rest followed. There were some
2: uh, superb performances from that Lions team yesterday, and none more so than Jack Conan, who had just a terrific
3: game yesterday, Moss. A very understated player. Like he's had a rough time with Ireland, a rough time with injuries, but showed immense promise with Leinster there a couple of years ago and got a great try there for Ireland against England this year, if you remember. But he's been dogged by injury. And in fairness to Gatland, like he showed, he showed marvellous objectivity in picking him because Felito, Felito, the has always been his main man for Wales at number eight. And it just shows you the impression that Conan has made on that trip, for him to host a player like Salatou, speaks volumes f- for him and his, his contribution. And I thought he had an excellent game. With uh, Otoje and Courtney Laws, I felt were probably the best of the Irish team, of the, of the, of the Lions team. But they were closely followed by Conan, who had an excellent game, particularly for a fellow making his debut for the Lions.
2: It's been um, a tough week or so for Conor Murray, I guess, with Alan jones coming back into the side and taking the captaincy off him and then not being named to start yesterday. He came on with 15 minutes to go yesterday. So
3: a, a tough situation for Moss, I think. It was, but I tell you, I, I, Ali priced it well. His box kicking was good, even though I'm not in faith. I don't like left-legged scrum halves because it, <laughs> it, it makes them kind of predictable. Yeah particularly coming off the put-into-your-own-scrum. But I thought Ali Price did well and bought a different dynamic, perhaps, to Murray. But it but, was rough on Murray, I, I accept that. But himself and Farrell came on there and ended up as the half-back partnership for the last 10 or 15 minutes and did a wonderful job on stewarding it out, you know, seeing the game out. So he was rewarded in that way and I he obviously hasn't pouted or anything like that. He's He's accepted it and his contribution... Uh, was, was, was immense with him and Farrell also who could have also been reasonably miffed at not being picked instead of Elliot Daly I thought the two of them showed excellent control in the last 15 minutes and that might be rewarded in time with a place starting maybe perhaps but certainly rugby has become a 23 man game and Farrell and Murray uh, exhibited that extremely well I don't think any of us expected
2: Alan Jones to come back into the squad given the nature of the injury he got in the, the first warm up game but that's a
3: superb <laughs> Lazarus like comeback from him Lazarus like comeback incredible particularly what is your shoulder like because you're a second row you're pushing in the scrum you're trying to lift up jump in the line out I mean and he's a physical player he's an incredible man for his age and the number of caps he's got it's he's a phenomenal man and he's always been Gatlin's captain and his go-to man in any sort of stress or traumatic situation so he, he's been fantastic and a, a very integral part of that because you know they they follow him. He's a leader by example, not by words. What do you expect
2: South Africa to do differently now in the second test, Moss? I suppose they've had very little warm-up games, so all been kind of disrupted, and I suppose they're maybe a little bit cold going into yesterday's game. So, what do you expect them from from them in the second
3: test? Uh, they had they have been cold going into that game. It's not that they haven't played rugby; it's just that they haven't played rugby together. Yeah. So, I'd say perhaps the the fact that they're in camp a little bit longer now and, and training, they might be a little bit more. They might be cooked a little bit better for next week but um i'd say they may make a few changes and um, particularly to the back row where they lacked size the number eight was good for them but the um he vert- vert- has was injured and the number eight that replaced him was quite short i felt and normally south Africa can dominate you physically but their back row wasn't sort of big enough to dominate us so i'd say they may make a change in the back row but having said that when you have a back row like with, with, with the way Conan and Courtney Laws played, and a second role like a you playing like a back row, I think it's, it's, it's an uphill struggle for South Africa.
2: What do you expect the lines to change, if anything, for next week?
3: I would probably bring Farrell into the middle of the field instead of Elliot Daly, because he gives a great assurance and presence, and he showed, he showed wonderful maturity yesterday in stepping up to take that kick fairly cold, you know, um, a vital kick near the end to put a little bit of a margin beyond the penalty situation, that they go more than a penalty ahead. I I pick him in midfield. Other than that, I would leave well alone. I I obviously would bring back, and um, Win Jones in the front row instead of Rory Sutherland who replaced. And that would be, that's an obvious mm. um, replacement, but that's more just to do with the fact that the, the other lad was injured. But I I would pick Farrell in the middle of the, of, of of the pitch. Possibly maybe bringing Liam Williams instead of Vendermeyer on, on the left flank. But then again, the big, the big Scottish winner, Vandermeer, brought great physicality going forward. I would slightly worry about his defence. So it depends on what Gatlin wants. Does he want the offensive player or does he want the defensive player in Liam Williams? But I would definitely pick Farrell in the middle of the pitch.
2: Overall, Moss, it's been, I suppose, the strangest lines tour to in memory, given the COVID situation. What are your thoughts on the tour actually going ahead?
3: Um, I met a few of my rugby friends there and we felt it shouldn't go ahead really. I, I think it's tis, tis crazy that, you know, it's fantastic to watch and I look forward to next Saturday. It's been a bit of a farce up to know, I would accept that. And I don't think it should have happened. And when you're reading about players playing, like the captain Khaleesi for South Africa yesterday is just after getting over COVID and he played. I mean, he can't be match fit. 12 of their squad had COVID. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous really. I felt it shouldn't have gone ahead, I'll be honest with you, but Know that it's gone ahead, we'll embrace it and, and, and watch it with relish. You certainly will, and we're looking forward to the second House. Moss, it was
2: always a pleasure talking to you today. Very good, Rory. Yeah, Always a pleasure to talk to Moss Finn uh, about rugby, and uh, a great win for the Lions yesterday. Right, still to come on the show, we have two interviews with two absolute legends, and two of my heroes as well, Sonia Sullivan and Kenny Egan.
0: The Big Red. Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Corks Red FM.
2: Really delighted you joined us on the Big Red Bench this evening. It is uh, Rory here with you until 7 p.m. Now, earlier this week, there was a fantastic event that uh, Corkshire ephemeral media partners too and that was the FBD.ie Team Ireland Olympic Home Tour which took place at Bishop Lucy Park an incredible event an incredible day incredible weather and uh, three incredible Olympians added as well And uh, to them uh, for, from Cork Sonia Sullivan and uh, Rob Heffern the other uh, Kenny Egan the boxer fantastic uh, event and fantastic to speak to them I was there spoke to all three of them um, if you listened to yesterday's show you would have heard Colin play out the interview that I did with Rob Heffernan uh, you can get that podcast on redfm.ie or from wherever you get your podcasts from i uh, going to hear now from uh, Sonia Sullivan um, who he was a little starstruck around. I have to say even though I met her uh, more than a couple of times before but still uh, so I talked to Sonia about the upcoming games her Olympic experience and of course the most Irish thing ever and of course I Started off with it. Uh, the weather came here with uh, Sonia Sullivan and Bishop Lucy Park on an absolutely glorious day. How are you finding the heat? You must be used to living in Australia, or is this a different kind of heat?
4: Um, yeah, this is grand. It's comfortable, you know. It's uh, it was hot. And I went for a run this morning, and it was hot enough, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, no, I don't mind it. I, I actually like the heat. So, but I've been um, in some bit hotter than this now in America, and yeah. every now and then it gets a bit too hot, you mm-hmm. know. And so then you you like it when you get a bit of relief. So I think yeah everybody here will probably be looking forward to a bit of relief next week and then hopefully it comes back again
2: <laughs> how do you find like it's the, we're on the eve of the Olympics what's the buzz like for you Does kind of bring back memories of when you were competing just kind of being a spectator
4: um, not really no I mean I think I kind of separated you know I think I've you kind of park you know yourself as an athlete and it, it, I suppose me um, watching now and you know working and doing the analysis on RTE and stuff like you're really kind of separated from, from your own self and I I think you have to do that because you're looking at a whole new generation of athletes and you know it's it's best to look at it from where they are now rather than trying to compare it to what went in the past because things are obviously different now and particularly very different this year um, you know the I suppose the, the circumstances that athletes have had to prepare in and to qualify in and, and then now the whole protocols and everything going out to the Olympics will be very different I think it'll be a bit of an ordeal for a lot of people to deal with it and just to get themselves into to the village and settled and you know i suppose in in the routine of being Mm. at the olympics and getting into the right headspace as well and then
2: kind of cover bubble must
4: be very difficult yeah i mean i think once they're settled and it's like anything you know when you when you change your location or whether it's a a training venue or you know where you're living um you kind of adapt pretty quickly and you get used to doing that so you know it'll be the same at the olympics i think they'll be Prepared, you know, the main thing would be getting acclimatized to the heat and then working out the you know the travel, how, how long it takes to travel between you know the village and yeah. the venues and things like that. And once you have your head settled on that, then I think you you know you, you organize your days around that. we
2: mm-hmm. five Cork athletes as well Phil Healy, Aoife Cook, Michelle Finn, Louise Shanahan, Alex Wright, so we're well represented over there
4: we are it's great to see so many people i mean i just think the team overall 118 athletes you know it's the biggest ever and you know nearly 50% of that is is female athletes so it's fantastic to see you know the team evolving and growing Every time the Olympics come around, but you had to have five from Cork is fantastic. Um, I actually haven't kind of filled in my diary yet of you know what days people are competing on. I I'm a bit behind schedule there, so I need I need to get my uh, homework done soon. Um, but you know it's always nice when you you know you, you know what's coming next. Mm. And I think you know for Ireland and Cork this year, you know there'll be plenty days when we'll be able to cheer for athletes. We
2: had Eva Cook on the show not so long ago, not long after she qualified for the Olympics at the Cheshire Marathon, and she's uh, that you're on tour straight away, giving her congratulations. That meant an awful lot to her.
4: Yeah, well, you know, Ifa, we've I suppose we kinda of crossed paths a few times and I've seen her progress and how she's been getting on over the past few years. So it's been amazing to see, you know, how she committed herself to the task, you know, especially after last year. She had her preparations done in Kenya and then she was ready to run a race and then, you know, had to wait nearly a whole year to actually really go after the qualifying time. So, you know, I suppose it's all credit to her, you know, for setting her mind to the task and going to a strange race you know yeah. laps and stuff and just going out there and getting the job done and, and i think that will be the case for a lot of people in tokyo you know they it's a strange setup for a lot of the races and it's just you know once you make your mind up and commit to it then you'll be able to get the best performance out of yourself
2: and the marathon in those tokyo conditions i can't imagine it's going to be particularly nice uh
4: no i mean they they will be in sapporo which is a little bit further north I think so it's supposedly the conditions are slightly better um, but I don't think it's that much better um, but um, you know they'll be preparing for it Eva's in the in the heat now and altitude of um, she's in Utah at the moment and I've I met her once for a run um, but I've seen all the runs she's been doing and she's been training the house down so she's acclimatised to being out there and then it's Mm -hmm. to reacclimatize to being in Tokyo and then Sapporo to get ready for the conditions out there
2: what do you make of Ireland's chances of meddling in athletics
4: um I don't know, really. I mean, I think first of all, you have to get into the finals. You know, would be the big thing, um, and you know that that that's that, that's always the tricky part is to get yourself through the rounds, and then you can start thinking about medals and things like that. But um, you know, hopefully. We will have a few finalists and then we can start you know, looking at medals and how we can get athletes as close as possible to the medals. Rassida we'll
2: Adelecki made headlines last week mainly because she's not going to the Olympics and you kind of said that was one of the worst decisions that athletics has made. It's disappointing I suppose that she's not going.
4: It is, but then it was great to see her actually you know, go out there and do what she could do and go to the European Under-20 Championships and win two gold medals in the 100 metres and the 200 metres has never been done before. And she also took part in the 4x400 relay final and showed, you know, her potential for that distance where, you know, I suppose anybody who you know can see talent in running would see that you know you would have thought she would have been an automatic pick for the four x four hundred relay team. Um, but you know, I mean, obviously there was decisions made, maybe based on her age and her where where she's at and things like that. Um, but you know, she'll have learned from that, and I mean, I think she's had a lot of success this year at these European Junior Championships, also in her first year of college in America. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, she'll be determined to make sure that she's not left out the next time. She'll
2: be big star in Paris in three years though, aren't you?
4: Hopefully yeah, and I mean that is a big positive for a lot of people who miss out this year is that Paris is only three years away there's mm. time for growth, development and you know, just being, being a better athlete Getting
2: into an Olympics like this, do you kind of reflect a lot now back in your Olympic career and your Olympic experiences?
4: Um, Not really, no no, no. I, I'm not one for looking back too much, yeah. you know, I like to look forward and I'm kind of happy, you know I suppose, where I am right now and I think, you know, I think if you're happy with what you're doing now, then, you know, you you're content with that so you don't need to look back mm.
2: I remember watching you in Sydney in 2000 in college the college had up a big screen in the, in the canteen and the place going absolutely mental when you came in like, and it was just an incredible experience one that I'll never forget anyway
4: yeah well I mean it is amazing when I meet people in the street and they kind of relive, you know, yeah. where they were when I was competing and um, you know, share the stories with me because of course I wouldn't have known yeah, yeah. anything about that and, you know, it was before the internet and, you know, oh, yeah. where people played little videos online, so there's nothing like that for me to look back on, so it's great to hear the stories and to, you know, see people, you know, so happy when they recall those memories and uh, and I think now, you know, the the Olympics, I mean, it's here, like so quickly all of a yeah. sudden, like it was so far away but now it's here all of a sudden and I think that does get people to relive their memories and uh, to get excited about, you know, what's what's coming up.
2: And yourself and Dervin, Rob, on the, the RC panel as well, very strong Cork representation, which is great to see.
4: <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> we're taking over. We were, we were on the takeover there for a while, but we've actually managed it this year. Um, but we, we will sadly miss, of course, uh, Jerry Kiernan who was a, a mentor to, to all of us up there. Um, so we'll have to, we'll have to do our homework, you know, to live up to his high standards. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. And
2: outside of it, What are the Olympic sports you enjoy watching?
4: Um I, well I like the rowing when Ireland is up there competing mm. is is fantastic you know the rowing is definitely a, to me it's a it's a TV sport you know yeah. and um it's one that you I have been to the rowing venue in London and I remember like you know they start way down like 2000 meters down the road or down the water Looking and the you know you see nothing that's going on and you watch it on the screen so that's a great event for the TV it's great for Ireland so hopefully we'll see some success there and um you yeah, no, anything really I mean I think you know this you with so many Irish athletes competing you know there's likely we'll have somebody you know come out there competing in some sport every day which is, which is great you know to have that focus and I think when you have a connection like that it becomes more emotional connection for you and you, you, you really tune into it rather than if it's you know you just one or two days that you're focused on Sonia it's
2: been a pleasure talking to you enjoy the games Okay, thanks very much yeah pleasure talking to Sonia O'Sullivan at the FPD uh, uh, Team Ireland event in Bishop Lucy Park at Cork FM Media Partners 2 earlier on in the week uh, Sligo Rovers have equalised against Cork City Sligo Rovers 2 Cork City 2 in that FAI Cup tie uh, But 7 minutes left to go there until um, the full time Muslim the 90 minutes goes anyway but uh, looking like uh, extra time as things stand now Kenny Egan uh, I've always been a big fan of Kenny Egan I'm a big boxing Fan, uh, a big fan of Kenny Egan in general, and uh, fantastic uh, to get a chance to speak to him at Bishop Lucy Park uh, earlier on in the week. Uh, Kenny Egan um, on the eve of the Olympics here at the FBD event in um, Bishop Lucy Park. Do um, you leave the Olympics? Does it kind of bring back memories of, I suppose, your own Olympic campaign?
8: Yeah, you know, the eve of the Olympics for me, we were we spent two weeks on Vladivostok in a training camp in Russia, <laughs> um, and that wasn't that wasn't easy getting getting beat around by the Russians two weeks before the games, but it really sharpened us up for the job in hand. We flew back into the village then in Beijing and, and you know we were ready we were ready to perform and that's what's important I think for the, the all the athletes from across all sports over here just to get out and do the best you can give a good performance and they have no regrets you know yeah. uh, and with the boxers especially like you know they know the circuit they've been on it now for long enough they know who the, 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 the good kids are and who the bad ones are and I think we got a half decent draw there today so it looks good a couple of boys um, so the great chance of guys going out and performing and, and, and just please God getting a rub of the green, mm. you know and getting into a good draw and probably even fighting for a medal yeah
2: seven Irish boxers over there um, I suppose two of, the, the, two of them are flag bears as well Brendan and uh, Kelly Show, I suppose the importance of the boxers to the Olympic team
8: yeah you know yourself like we went out to Rio there last four years ago five years ago and, and on paper it was the best boxing team that ever travelled mm. you know we had world champions on the team you had European medalists Joe Ward Michael Conlan, and Katie Taylor but it didn't work out for us you know mm. Um strange things happened you know um, and the whole thing fell apart on us so look we're not jumping the gun this time round I think there's less media presence and involvement in the team travelling this time they're under the radar which is great Um, no expectations no one talking about medals Um, obviously Kerry Harrington being the torchbearer and, and probably one of the best on the team most experienced world champion everyone would say Box enthusiasts and not would say that she's a great chance of medal, but but again it's it's all the look of the draw and a good performance. So it is a good team, it's a strong team. Um, let's hope we can walk away with one or two medals.
2: It's almost like in this game the weight of the expectation has been placed on the rowers as opposed to the boxers.
8: The rowers are doing well. Cork rowers are okay. Jesus yeah, Cork is a, is a powerhouse nowadays isn't it but Rowan is, is very very strong now we've seen it in the last Olympics so always will be on the Rowan and the boxing um, again the first week is will be interesting into the second week obviously then with the boxing you're fighting for medals then I think the real interest will kick off around the country and it's, I think it's what we need we need something that's going to keep us off RTE news you know yes. and onto something positive a bit of sporting news um, and I think boxing and rowan can do that Yeah.
2: and we were just talking kind of off there as well about how we got into boxing that was like 92 with Michael Cris.
8: I'm 92, yeah. I was eight years of age watching Mick win his gold medal. I, I know Mick well now, Jay's We're very good friends. And when, when we meet each other, it's how are you doing, an Olympic silver medalist? How are you doing, an Olympic gold medalist? You know, he always reminds me he's a gold medalist and he, he's the only male gold medalist, as well, by the way. You know, if you didn't know that, yeah, yeah. So, but me and Mick a great relationship. He's a good skin and, uh, you know, he's from the same area as me, working class. You know, he had mm. a dream. He worked hard. He represented and went and performed. And that's what I did, you know. Um, anything is possible. Once you Get your head right, and you just put get get the head down and perform. Anything is possible. So we have a great chance. Looking forward to these games now. I really am with real, real good excitement. And uh, hopefully we can bring smiles to the face again and, and fill back up those wrong clubs, boxing clubs, athletics clubs with good performances.
2: I don't get star struck off when I went Nick, I was like back as a kid again. Like do you know, you I mean?
8: get that feeling. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember meeting him after those games for the force. I used to do a bit of training in in, in the boxing club, and I remember he came into me one day. I didn't qualify for Athens I tried to qualify yeah. and he came in to me and he sat in the dressing room and he says he says you know that feeling you get when you're after getting beaten in, a, in a, a major competition and you're in the dressing room on your own everyone else is gone that feeling of sickness in your stomach remember that the next time you try to qualify for the games you don't want that feeling again and that always stuck with me that yeah. comment you don't want that feeling again sitting in that dressing room empty, quiet full of, full of anger full of remorse full of sadness it's a horrible place to be mm. you don't want that again he said and I always stuck with that you know
2: and as you just said there, you always called you Olympic silver medalist. When you look back on that game, so you still pissed off, for want of a better word, with the way the final went? Look, I... Because I, I, so I remember shouting at TV that you were robbed, screaming.
8: You know, it took me a while to watch that fight back again, and I did. I, I you know I felt sorry for myself for a period of time after that, but I sat down and I watched the fight, and I still, to this day, still think I won by three or four points. Yeah. There was times in that fight where I was landing clean shots, and I could hear the Chinese audience erupted, shouting and, and clapping. I'm thinking, this this doesn't sound right. Yeah. But uh, I didn't genuinely... Genuinely, for the whole Olympic Games, the scoring was bang on throughout all weights, all, all 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 bouts. So I didn't really see any kind of a conspiracy around. But if I was offered that silver medal at the start of the games, mm. I would have talked about both hands, you know. Mm. And 13 years later, we're reflecting it now. It's all good, Jesus. Look, I had me health you know. what I mean, I'm, I'm here today. It's I'm focused. I'm switched on. Um, I have peace of mind, Jesus. And I'm, I'm I'm reliable. I'm dependable. You know what I mean? That's all I want.
2: And your shows on Virgin Media tonight as well, I believe.
8: That's right. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a good one it's a great interview real, real good What's honest interview that experience
2: interview? kind of sitting down reflecting not just on like, your career but your, your personal life as yeah, well yeah
8: like, like oh, I, I work in, in that field now you know in, in, yeah. in, in, I'm a psychotherapist as well up in my local area and, and To become a psychotherapist You have to be real Genuine and honest And real with yourself First and foremost And do a lot of Personal development Which I have done Throughout my studies So I've known Skeletons in my closet And that's a powerful tool To bring to the room When you're sitting with somebody You know They're not looking to see If you have another agenda Which I don't So to sit down And give that interview You know We hit some hard parts in my life After the games uh, You know With me drinking And the the madness That it caused But It was all there For a reason You know People ask if you had found recovery earlier in your career, it could have been a different outcome. I wasn't meant to find recovery earlier. It was what it was, and that's what it is. And I've no regrets or anything, And in the way anything's turned out. But I know myself, I found recovery when I needed to. And, you know, I'm in a good place. And it's a good, good story tonight. in tonight's, tonight's uh, documentary. It's, it's, it's powerful.
2: You're telling that story might help other people then with their stories.
8: Exactly. Like I said, I'm an open book. People come to me and talk to me anytime they want, you know. And I know I've helped a lot of people in my day. And, and I'll continue to help as best, best I can. Because we're only human at the end of the day, you know. We're not bulletproof, we have good days, bad days, we'll mess up, we'll make mess up again and we'll mess up again after that. But it's how you get off that, you know, that resilience to get back up and, and soldier on.
2: I've seen a few previews of a you told a great story about Ronaldinho coming back in a half seven in the morning.
8: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not mad, isn't it? Like we went to bed that night with a smile on my face thinking, right, Olympic final tomorrow. Getting up the next morning with the way in every morning, me and Billy were walking out of the village, there's a little gate you have to pass through and as we were just about to enter to the gate, who walks in only Ronaldinho and one of his mates holding each other up. They were that drunk and they were laughing a joke. and I looked at Billy. Isn't this just gas? Isn't it like they're coming in after being on the piss? We're going out to wait for a final. But he probably—I he, don't think he—he he actually won a medal that year. That team, Brazil didn't win a medal, but uh, it was just great to see. Like you know, says this is just great, isn't it? Great crack. That's just one of the little <laughs> it's stories. It's surreal, I'd yeah, say. It it? It just, well, like you're, you're in the Olympic Village, yeah, yeah, and like I'm sitting here having me lunch, and I'm looking at Rafael Nadal, two tables <laughs> yeah, away, yeah. and I'm saying, oh, I see him, in the tell you, like oh, I love tennis, you know what I mean? And just, yeah, yeah. but uh, they're just there, just normal athlete. He's not looking at us. He's just focused on his job. He's going out to yeah. play a game and switch on. And but that's what the Olympics Olympics does I think it brings all these sport personalities together mm. that have one thing on, on their mind and that's to go out and perform at the biggest stage you know and it's, it's brilliant it's a brilliant gathering
2: that's an 8 o'clock time so catching catch on the Virgin Media player as well outside of boxing what Olympic sports do you like watching
8: you know the round has been good you now I've really enjoyed the round and just the, the the dedication and the discipline and the, the strength and condition involved you know it's a it's a powerful sport animals animals something I, I don't think I'd have the heart for you know yeah. um, but uh, athletics will be interesting as well but look across the board obviously athletics will be strange this time now we're an empty an empty stadium what way is that going to work are they going to have you know those uh, sound effects brought in and stuff like that you know I don't know what way it's going to work it will be very the whole thing is going to be strange what way they're going to do it but I'm sure the TV networks have all that in in mind, and they're going to try and do our best to, to give us the best visual they possibly can when the, when the game starts. So, actually, I
2: quite enjoyed at home watching boxing without the, the crowds because you hear the, the sound effects of leather hitting bodies and yeah, stuff like
8: Yeah, around. it is. It is a bit surreal, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, I was over with Eric there as well. There, Eric Donovan boxing over in England there at the Eddie Hearn's backyard, and again, no crowd. You can hear the smacks. Yeah. You can hear the leather. You can hear the spit. You can hear the breathing, and it makes it more more vicious, you know. But uh, when all that crowd is taken away, it's 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 a different thing altogether, you know.
2: Yeah, and speaking of Eric, he's the RT panel with yourself and Andy Lee that is quite a panel
8: it's going to be a bit of crack, you know. I've talked to the two lads, you know. We we do slag. Me and Andy do slag. Eric, Eric's the man. He'll have all the stats and all, you know. So we'll just take all his stats on him. <laughs> we'll rob his stats on him. I just, I just, you know. So I suppose just repeat what he's saying. But now Eric's great. He's a great commentator. He loves the boxing as well, and he knows the team that's travelling as well as I do, and, and Andy as well. He's going strength to strength in his stable, you know. So it's great to see. The three, we all three were on the same team, yeah. You know, and another two lads that aren't in the mix, but we, we're still together. We meet up once a year, every year, the five of us, and it's just great that the three of us are together on the, on the panel now just to bounce off and drive. we will have a bit of crack I'm going to have a bit of crack I'm not going to take it too serious that's what it's about having a bit of fun you want the audience to, to connect you know so we'll have a laugh as well
2: uh, Prediction time um, the Irish boxers uh, will they medal
8: like uh, you know quite confident in this team again we spoke about Rio and the best team to ever travelled but this co- team is sneaking under the radar quite enough no one's really talking too much about it well, I can see two medals two medals will be very very good uh, Kelly Harrington obviously the pressure's on her shoulders world champion got the draw got a boy great chance of meddling but well, any of the other six could medal with a good draw you know Michaela Walsh could Emma Brennan you know Irvine Court Walker Aidan Walsh it just be, could be any of them but two medals would be fantastic from the disaster we had in Rio and I think with that 7 to Travelling, maybe with Kelly, could go pro. Emma Brennan's 30, so he could finish up that other five. If we could keep them for Paris, Mm. we're laughing. It's a strong, and add to that, you know, that five could be the base and then there'll be a strong team go to Paris Kenny it's been a genuine yeah, thrill to watch you today everybody. thanks man. man thank you fair play to
2: you yeah I really enjoyed chatting to Kenny Egan as you can probably tell there um, so it's fantastic to speak to him at that uh, FBD event in uh, Bishop Lucy Park on Thursday which Cork's Red FM were media partners for Cork City have gone 3-2 up on Slugger Rovers what a cup tie this is they are into the fourth minute of eight additional minutes at the showgrounds Dale Holland it was with Cork City third goal it's been a a ding dong battle between the sides Romeo Park scoring twice with Sligo Rovers Ben O'Brien Whitmarsh uh, penalty from Dylan Maglade the other Cork City goals but four minutes left to go can City get a win it would be absolutely incredible Going to stick with the Olympics And uh, Cork gymnast Meg Ryan From Douglas Gymnastics Club Making her Olympic debuts today In the women's all-around Finishing with an accumulative score Of uh, 47.199 It wasn't enough to reach the final But she is now an, an Olympian This was her reaction afterwards
9: Oh, Megan you are now an Olympian yeah how are you feeling can you describe the feeling after competing there I'm feeling great I supposed to officially be an Olympian is just amazing it's a bit surreal um, and it was just an amazing experience overall just looking around and kind of taking it all in was amazing and I knew that you know no matter what happened that you know I was going to just try and enjoy it and um, be happy with the fact that this is the Olympics and I, I am an Olympian now so um yeah I'm happy overall.
4: Amazing. So you like you, you looked to kind of like you said there you started off a little bit shaky, your kind of score seemed to get better and better as you went on and your uneven bars are kind of your, your main or your good event anyway.
9: So how did you feel it was like nerves a little bit of a of a factor at the start? Definitely a bit of nerves I think beam is always a shaky one to start on anyway. Um, and like you know it was a it was I suppose in my in my own head like a silly mistake that was made um, and it's something that you know wouldn't have happened like the whole time I was out here but um, I know these things happen on the day and especially when you're nervous and starting on beam I definitely was was a bit nervous and shaky but um, I got into it and I think after that I really just tried to put it behind me and focus on the rest and I think and um, I did a good job with that and I was happy with the rest of the performance so I was happy by the end yeah. And what do you feel was your strongest apparatus? Um, I think I was I was really happy with floor um, I think I I added um, a few like small Bits and pieces, a few like new leaps and a, and a spin and things, and um, they all went well. I had like a slight step out, but I I think overall I was happy with floor, and I um, got a good floor score. And um, when I'm comparing it to my last competition, I think I was really happy with the score. And um, I was also really happy with my with my vault and um, because that is something that I didn't get to compete at Europeans. Just um, we were just prepping it and stuff, and um, but. Um, this is obviously my first time competing in a long time so I think I was happy happy with that and obviously <laughs> so um, yeah no I was definitely happy with a with few bits and pieces so definitely amazing and
4: like the experience overall like you have
9: like the Russian Olympic committee the US team the Chinese team like big gym- gymnastic yeah. teams there around you so how do you feel you fit it in around all those teams yeah it's amazing I think like it's hard because like we've been training with them all up until this point like since being out here and um, when you're in training you really have to kind of focus on your own and you're kind of looking around and, you know the second where you're kinda of like what, like wow, well, you know what I'm training. Um, with these Russian and Chinese gymnasts, and even the Great British gymnasts, you know, like it's it's amazing to be training with them all. And I think just like even when I finish they're just kind of looking around and taking it all in. And they are like some of the best gymnasts in the world, so it's amazing to be able to compete um, against them.
4: Amazing, amazing. And look, you're back home
9: in Cork. I'm sure there is a big support team there for you. Who would have been watching you this morning? Um, I think a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I got messages from a lot of people. I think all all my family um, and all my my cousins and aunts they are all texting me saying they're all staying up, and and um, a lot of my friends and the gym—the gym has been great as well. I think so many people from the gym have told me that they're going to be staying up till, and um, all hours or or their children are going to be staying up till all hours. So I was a bit, you know, I knew it was like four four in the morning and back home, so I was, you know, trying to tell them, you know, it's okay if you, if you want to watch it on the replay, but um, they're all really supportive, so I'm, I think they, they might have stayed up and watched.
2: Yeah, congratulations to Corks Meg Ryan, who is. No, an Olympian absolutely incredible achievement uh, from the Douglas Gymnast that is it from us for the Big Red Bench thank you very much indeed for tuning our way our podcast will be online shortly on redfm.ie or from wherever you download your podcast back next week Connors and McGreen on red three hours of the best Irish music coming you ribbed
0: The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM